0: Hey, welcome back to They Reminisce Over You. I'm Miguel.
1: And I'm Christina.
0: On today's episode, we're going to be talking about actor, writer, director, producer, podcaster, Lorenz Tate. (laughs) You want to get into this?
1: Let's do it.
0: Okay. All right. Where was the first place you saw Lorenz Tate?
1: Well, the first place I remember seeing him was Menace to Society. Okay. But after looking at his IMDb, he appeared in TV shows that I watched. He was on an episode of Fresh Prince. He was on a couple episodes of Family Matters. So in theory, I saw him in one of those shows first, but I don't really remember. So technically, I'm going to say the first time I saw him was Menace to
0: Society. Okay. Uh, It's the same for me. I don't exactly remember where, but same i watched fresh prince so obviously i saw him on there uh i watched the royal family which is the uh show that he was on with red fox so i assume i saw him on there yeah. since he was on it and i watched it so those would have to be the first two places that i saw him but again like you said menace to society is the first place i remember yeah seeing him
1: probably because it was such a Memorable impression that yeah. he
0: left. <laughs> yeah, O-Dog, as we'll get into in a second, is quite the character. Let's just get into Menace All right, to Society. right, let's go there. straight to minister Society.
1: So would you say this is a classic film?
0: I would. I would say it's a classic film. Doesn't necessarily mean it's a good film, <laughs> but it is classic. And I'm not saying it's bad either. Right. I'm just saying it's not great. I've seen this a
1: million times.
0: (laughs) I don't know how many times I've seen it, but it's a lot as well.
1: Yeah. So since there was so much to watch or rewatch, this was one that I didn't rewatch in preparation for this episode, because like I said, I've seen it a million times. Right. I hear what you're saying. Um, It's not like the best movie I've ever seen, but it is a classic because it just came out at a time where these stories, these types of stories were just being told. Yeah. And we just didn't really see much of this yet. And plus like... Everybody, including Lorenz, of course, had a great performance, too. So it's something that's like, feels weird to say it's entertaining to watch (laughs) because (laughs) Because of what what the the storyline is about. But it's a good watch. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Him playing O-Dog is very entertaining. And like you said, it shouldn't be, but it is.
1: Because he's, like, a 17-year-old sociopath. Right.
0: (laughs) And the stuff that he's doing in this movie is something that we shouldn't be saying is entertaining. Mm -hmm. Like, randomly, indiscriminately killing people just because he feels they slighted him in some way. (laughs) Yeah. But. Like, we shouldn't
1: be laughing if I say, y'all want any cheeseburgers?
0: (laughs) Exactly. Or what you say about my mama? (laughs) Yeah. That shouldn't be funny or memorable or entertaining, but it is. I don't want any trouble. Just get out. Stand, y'all for your mother. what you say about my mama you feel sorry for who i don't want any trouble just get out the fuck you say about my mama i don't want any trouble just get out you shit. but yet
1: we randomly say these the things time. to each other all the time and laugh. i've been saying
0: it for <laughs> <laughs> how old is this movie almost 30 years now. right with no hesitation so yes it definitely is a classic movie
1: yeah Because although he's not the main character, he is the supporting character. He's the main character, Kane's best friend. So we do see a lot of him. But um, you definitely see the difference between um, him and Kane. While Kane was involved with violence and stuff, it was one of those, you know, he's a kid growing up in a bad neighborhood. Yeah. Whereas Dog embraced it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, he was the LeBron James of (laughs) gangbanging. He wanted that shit.
1: Yeah, he enjoyed it. But, you know, also what's interesting, though, is even though you can see that he's a little bit more than just, like, a kid caught up with the wrong crowd or whatever, you do see... um a bit of humanity in him. Right. Like when they go to Kane's house and his grandparents are there, then he kind of drops back into like the good <laughs> yeah. kid. You know, he's behaving himself around the grandparents. <laughs> yeah. And then when Kane gets killed at the end, huh? spoiler alert. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's not a spoiler alert. <laughs> When Kane
1: gets killed and he's actually crying and you could see that he's like genuinely upset that yeah. this friend that he is very loyal to and cares about a lot and obviously is feeling hurt from it. So even a monster can <laughs> Have a human side. (laughs) There's a little bit of
0: humanity still left in there. Yeah. What I liked about the movie is just all of the quotes like you were talking about earlier. Mm -hmm. We don't quote a lot of stuff that Kane says. Mm -hmm. All of the quotes are from O-Dog.
1: Yeah, I never even noticed that until right now. The yeah. two that we just said is his. <laughs> he
0: has the most memorable scenes in the movie. Like when he's sitting at home watching the videotape like it's a highlight film right. or something. Mm-hmm. Or when they're just driving in the car, you acting like a little bitch right
1: now. <laughs> yeah.
0: He has all the best lines in uh-huh. the movie and... All of the ones that we still quote to this day.
1: Right. He was talking about how he grew up in Chicago and actually, you know, seen this kind of life and stuff and just going back and forth between Chicago and L.A. He was able to take some of his life lessons and also knowing what he knows about L.A. to bring into the character, which is actually surprising to me. I didn't realize that he was from Chicago because he was so convincing as someone from L.A. Well, not to
0: me as someone who is actually from L.A., (laughs) but. He did well, like
1: he got the pronunciations, right? (laughs)
0: Yeah, I I can still hear that it's kind of forced a little bit, but that's only because I'm from L.A. He tried. Yeah, he he, he did a good job. Yeah.
1: Better than stringer. Yeah,
0: it's not Idris Elba trying to do a Baltimore accent. It, it wasn't that, but he was able to pull it off. And hes it's not as good as Franklin on Snowfall, mm-hmm. but it was pretty damn good.
1: Well, Franklin has a pretty good speech coach. Yeah, though, which... I, I don't
0: think Dubs, he was doing the, yeah. the, the speech coach on Menace to Society.
1: I mean, we're supposed to be talking about Lorenz, but I just wanted to, small sidebar, we were talking yesterday about how Tupac was actually supposed to play right this role. And after you said that, I was sort of thinking about it, and I could definitely see him playing the role, too. Although, oh, of like, now that we've seen the movie as is, I feel like Lorenz was, like, perfect for it. Yeah. But Tupac would have been good for that role as well, because we've already seen how he could be crazy and juiced. Right. So. And the reason <laughs> that he
0: would have been good for the role is the same reason he was fired from the role. Exactly. <laughs> and didn't get the chance to actually be in the movie which opened the door for lorenz to take the job
1: yeah the reason why we chose to talk about him is because even though we always remember him as this character he's also uh, really good at playing other characters right. like he's able to have that range to play completely different roles because what does he do after minutes to society the Inkwell. Yeah. <laughs> which is a complete
0: 180 from O-Dog.
1: 360? No, 360 <laughs> no, one, will take you right back. Yeah, it's a 180. <laughs> so it's a 180 because he plays this socially awkward 16-year-old yep. kid.
0: He doesn't have any friends. His only friend is a doll.
1: And we get introduced to him riding on a, a tandem bike. Yes,
0: that the, the doll <laughs> rides in the back seat <laughs> yeah. of this tandem bike.
1: He literally looks younger yeah. because of how he's able to carry himself to be this kid. So I was watching another interview of his, and he was saying when they were doing a screening, everybody started laughing when they saw him because everyone's like, what's O-Dog doing? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> because he, if you haven't seen it, it's such a jarring um, contrast. contrast. Yeah, because you recognize him. As who he is, obviously, like right. he looks the same, but his demeanor and everything is so different that it's just funny. Yeah. But it doesn't take long for you to see him as this character instead. I can't get over the fact that how he literally looks like a little kid in comparison to O-Dog. O-Dog wasn't old, but he looks. No, I
0: think both characters were like around the same age.
1: Yeah. But he just looks even smaller than yeah. 16, which is what he was supposed to be playing.
0: <laughs> and when he went running up those stairs, it's like, come on. Runs like legs this.
1: flapping. His
0: feet are just flapping like a cartoon yeah. character.
1: Yeah. So he's playing like a, this socially awkward 16-year-old kid. But he almost acts like he's like eight even. Yeah. Like just the way he's so naive and bright-eyed and bushy-tailed.
0: <laughs> yeah, he's... Like you said, very socially awkward. He doesn't really talk to anyone outside of his parents and this doll uh, that he got from his grandfather. They really don't get into what made him so withdrawn. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like when he goes to therapy in a movie, they kind of touched on it. It, I'm assuming it started around the time his grandfather passed. And that's when he kind of went inward and just started talking to this doll. But... Throughout the movie, he starts to come out of his shell a little bit and things happen and he grows up a little bit in the course of a two week (laughs) vacation.
1: Even though they didn't really go into it. I think that maybe the idea was just to sort of represent a different kind of character. He just seems like he's a sensitive kid. Yeah. In the end, he may have had issues or whatever, but I think it was just more about him just being kind of a little bit awkward, a little bit sensitive.
0: Right. But something did happen because remember, he burned down the house.
1: He said it was an accident. (laughs) It was an accident. He was trying to make rocket fuel. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, but
0: he did burn the house and they had to leave for a little while.
1: Yeah. Well, that made them think that he might have been troubled because they weren't sure if that was something he did on purpose. Right. To me, the way he explained it, again, I think it's that sort of childlike curiosity in him that he really was just trying to make rocket fuel. But they're like, you know, what kind of 16 year old? Like his dad is very masculine and stuff, right? right? So I think maybe they might have looked at it as like, there's something wrong with him if he behaves this way instead of just saying, hey, maybe he's just a different kind of kid.
0: Right, which they finally come to at the end of the movie. Like, oh, there's nothing wrong with him. He's just him.
1: Yeah. But it seems like all the the women characters were drawn to his, I guess, sensitivities. Every
0: single one in the movie. It doesn't matter who it was. His mom, his aunt, his grandmother. Random women on the street. The hottest girl in town. Everybody wanted a piece of it,
1: Even though he was so awkward. His cousin was cool. Like, he didn't yeah. really, he didn't make fun of him or anything no. like that. But he, he knew he was a little bit awkward, yeah. though. But he, he, was...
0: he always tried to protect him. Yeah.
1: Whereas uh, his cousin's friends were like, uh-uh, we ain't hanging yeah. out with this weirdo.
0: <laughs> and it, it seems like his cousin was, like, one of the cooler kids in town, right. too. And he would always take the time to try and include him in everything that they were doing, even though he definitely didn't fit in with that group. Uh He's like, you're going with me. You're wearing some of my clothes. We're (laughs) going to get you out of the house tonight. We're going to party.
1: Yeah. So the movie had a lot of our favorites, too, from the 90s. Dwayne Martin was his cousin. Jada Pinkett was the the snooty love interest. (laughs) And um, his uncle uh, what was his name? Oh,
0: Glenn Turman.
1: Yeah, he's hilarious. His, his
0: drunk Republican <laughs> uncle.
1: <laughs> With his dad, who uh, is a Black Panther, so of course yeah. they butt heads. So they go to Martha's Vineyard for a two-week vacation, which is where his his mother's sister and husband live. And so they're kind of like a well-to-do Republican family. Yeah. And so there's some little, like I guess, political commentary, you could say. A little, right. little light political commentary as they kind of butt heads. But it's also... A very, like, feel-good summer movie vibe yeah. as well. It was just kind of wholesome and cute. Right. Except for one little problematic thing.
0: Yeah, I completely forgot all <laughs> about the the statutory rape <laughs> that happens in the movie.
1: Yeah, so he ends up getting with an older woman.
0: Yeah, it's a, a woman whose husband is constantly cheating on her, and he keeps catching the guy cheating. Yeah. And eventually, they end up hooking up. Yeah,
1: they kind of strike up this friendship. At first, she thinks he's this nice kid. Yeah. Right, and then he catches her husband cheating. She finds out he's cheating. She finds out that Lorenzo's character trapped him a few times uh, to get him back for cheating. And they framed it more of like, she was hurt.
0: Yeah. And, and he, he was there. Comforting and he her. was hurt as well because yeah. he was supposed to be going to this party with Jada Pinkett. And she, she stood him up, stood him up to go back to her ex. So mm-hmm. they both end up crying on the beach separately and find each other.
1: Right. So they're comforting each other. So, you know, I guess that's supposed to make us feel better. But <laughs> he's supposed to be 16 and yeah. she's an adult. So at, at the
0: time when I watched it the first time, <laughs> it's probably, oh, good for him. But now it's like, oh, no, that was wrong.
1: <laughs> yes. But aside from that, the movie is, I would still say, overall, it's a very cute movie. Uh, It's funny. I definitely would say it's like a feel-good movie. It's a coming-of-age movie for him. I would totally recommend watching this movie, even though the critics at the time ripped this movie apart. It was 25% on Rotten Tomatoes, but it has also come pretty much a bit of a cult classic.
0: Right. Wasn't Um, it like 20-something percent with the critics, but... 80 plus percent it was 25
1: percent with the audience yeah 25 percent with the critics and yeah i think it was like 78 or 85 it like was a high percentage for the audiences i i remember that i liked it but i forgot how much i liked it i was like oh this is a really cute movie
0: yeah i hadn't seen it probably since it came out so it was it was fun to watch again
1: Yeah, and I think what made it maybe even a little extra fun to watch it is because, well, we're still during our pandemic times. Yes. And where uh, Black Pain has just been news (laughs) pretty much in the past year and whatnot. So it was nice just to see just everyday life. Something fun. (laughs) Yeah.
0: And positive for a change.
1: Mm-hmm. Aside from the fact that the movie is called The Inkwell because it's
0: actually <laughs>
1: named after a real place in Martha's yeah. Vineyard. That was where all the black people went. <laughs>
0: right. It was in a, Martha's Vineyard. A, a little stretch of the beach where all the black people went. So they called it The Inkwell. Yes.
1: Which was originally a derogatory term, but it was it reclaimed, was reclaimed <laughs> and embraced and apparently it's still a pretty nice place to visit. I saw some reviews about it on one of these travel sites.
0: (laughs) Alright, so let's move on to the next movie. And that is probably my favorite and I'll get into the reasons later, but Dead Presidents. Uh, What were your thoughts on Dead Presidents?
1: Well, I think the first thing that stood out to me was, even though it was another Hughes Brothers film, it wasn't a, quote, hood movie. Right. So that was nice. Yeah. Because it's like, okay, we got a couple of those movies now. Let's try something else. Yeah. I actually hadn't watched it in a while, so I didn't really remember too much about it. So when we re-watched it again, I was like, oh, you know, I really like this movie right. more, actually more than I remember. <laughs> yeah. It,
0: it's a really good movie if you haven't seen it.
1: Yeah. I really liked it because again it was something that we hadn't really seen and even though there was some commentary the basically the movie's commentary on how when men come back from war yeah how, how they're, they're not treated. supported yeah and specifically men of color right uh it wasn't heavy-handed with that kind no. of commentary i don't think but it was enough for you to see the effects
0: yeah it was in there mm-hmm. as a layer but the movie itself is about a heist
1: Yeah, the movie starts with them all as like their last year of high school. This is actually set in 1968. So they're delivering milk, which (laughs) is what people used to do (laughs) back then. (laughs) And they're just like these fresh-faced kids about to finish school and... Talking
0: about what they're going to do, what schools they're going to, who's going to the military. and
1: Their dreams for the future.
0: Everything they want to be two years from now.
1: And then they end up enlisting in the Vietnam War. This is another one of those transformations that I love that Lorenz is able to do, where at the beginning when he's the high school kid, he looks like this young, innocent kid.
0: Happy-go-lucky, smiling all the time.
1: And then a couple years into war, he literally looks older. He even looks bigger. Like, he just... I don't know how he carries himself to just make himself look older, (laughs) even though he's literally not while they're filming. But it just actually looks like years have gone by. uh, Life experience has gone by. Basically,
0: he's not the fresh-faced kid anymore. He's like one of the leaders on this reconnaissance team in the Mm -hmm. Marines. And you can see that he's not the follower that he was before. Uh, Because when he was in high school, basically, it looked like their little clique. Chris Tucker may have been the leader of it, but once they got to Vietnam, the roles had flipped, whereas he's now the leadership. And Chris Tucker is more like the one who's following along. And then their other friend who wasn't even in Vietnam by the time they start showing it because he got injured and had to get sent home. But Mm -hmm. yeah, he had done just like O-Dog and the character in Inkwell. He did it, uh, his 180 in the same movie. He went from the shy high school kid Mm -hmm. to this aggressive military man. And, and that was an interesting switch to see. Mm-hmm.
1: And then he comes back after four years. And now it's what's 1971, 72, something Yeah, like somewhere that. in there. So now he's like slick cat daddy. <laughs> Speaking of which, he finds out that his high school sweetheart that he left while he was overseas in the war, that um, she got pregnant yeah. right before he left. And so now he's back.
0: And this is after four years of no communication with her either. Yeah. Because he didn't want to lose focus while he was... In the jungle. You know I survived 26 months in the bush. Because I don't think about the world Skip. That shit don't exist to me. I don't give a fuck about anything or anyone in it. Because the minute I do. I'm a dead man out here. And you remember that shit. And
1: so now he's back. He took his sweet time to go visit. Though.
0: <laughs> he did. <laughs> he had to make his rounds around the hood first. Yep.
1: Yeah. Visit the old friends. Visit the old haunts. Yeah. Get his leather jacket. <laughs> <laughs> Get his new clothes. No more military man for him. Yeah. So he's clearly a changed man at this point. Yes. But he does finally get around to seeing his baby mother. Yeah. And
0: that's when things kind of fall apart a little bit because while he's been gone, she's been taken care of by the neighborhood pimp, Cuddy. (laughs) So she's been getting money from him. Mm -hmm. He's talking about it. Hey, how's my little girl doing while Lorenz is sitting right there?
1: Of course, played by Clifton Powell.
0: Yeah, because <laughs> he, that's who he is. Yep. <laughs> that's the character he plays in pretty much every movie. Yeah. But we're, we're going to talk about him later because mm. he's in another film that we watched with yes. Lorenz in it.
1: As soon as he pulls up, starts talking about how's my little girl. This is when Lorenz's character realizes that, well, his lady may have had a friend while he was away. And as soon as she's about to introduce them to each other, what does cut do?
0: (laughs) He doesn't even wait to hear this dude's name. He just peels (laughs) off. She's like, Hey, this is
1: her. He's gone. She turned her head back and he was gone. (laughs) So now, He's feeling away about this, obviously. Right. Because even though he didn't communicate with her while he was away, he's feeling a little hurt that there was some man around around his his lady and his daughter while he was away. So we kind of see another transformation. Yeah. So he goes from high school kid to sort of like war hero, soldier, military man.
0: Yeah. And still dealing with like the after effects of being in the war. Like he has... These fits while he's sleeping, waking up screaming in a rage because he's thinking about things that happened while he was in Vietnam because they're suffering from PTSD. They're becoming addicted to drugs and all sorts of stuff. Basically, the U.S. government is chewing them up and spitting them out and then giving them no help once they return. Yeah. And that's the basis of this movie, basically.
1: Yeah, because he comes home. He's trying to support his family now that he's back, but he just can't find any work and he's not getting any support.
0: Yeah, he, he did find a job, yeah. but it ended up going out of business.
1: And so it wasn't a very high paying job. He was right. just working was, at a butcher. a butcher
0: shop, but he ends up losing his job and... Just the frustration of not being able to provide. And then you got Cuddy showing up all the time telling him that he's not a man. It's like, look who's bringing home the groceries. (laughs) Santa Claus.
1: And his lady is now pregnant again, too. And she's, you know, understandably, she's also on his back to get a better job. Even though, you know, on one hand, you feel bad for him because you understand the situation he's in. But you kind of understand why she's upset with him and always telling him to get a better job, too. Because... They got a second kid coming now, right? Yeah,
0: so you pile all of this Mm -hmm. pressure on him to get a job and provide for the family. You got Cuddy harassing him in the hallway, (laughs) telling him he ain't shit.
1: On the day that he loses his job. On the
0: same day that he loses his job, you've got the PTSD issues that he's Mm -hmm. dealing with. It all just comes to a head, and it's like, okay, what the fuck are we going to do? We need to get some money. What are we going to do? And that's when his buddy comes up with a plan to rob the depository.
1: So it starts as sort of a... I don't know if you can call this coming of age, but just following the path of a young man growing up to a heist movie. Yeah.
0: Uh, basically, they find out that uh, the government takes bills out of circulation every couple years, years uh, and they figure out what the routes were. So they decide they're going to rob the armored truck and grab like two million dollars in cash, split it amongst each other. And everybody's going to live happily ever after. That's the plan anyway. That's the plan. <laughs> It was a good plan until they tried to put it in motion. And then it became an absolutely terrible plan because it fell apart from the very beginning. (laughs) Like nothing went right. And just watching all of it fall apart was hilarious.
1: Hilarious. It was. (laughs) I don't know if that's the word I would choose. (laughs) Because
0: while it was a good plan, it should have stayed a plan. Yeah. This is not something that you actually go out and do. Because think about the team that they put together. I was just about
1: to say that this team could not have pulled off this heist. (laughs) No,
0: not at all. I forget his friend's name, but he's the one who comes up with the idea, the one who was sent home from the war early because of an injury. Mm -hmm. He loves playing with fire. Why do you want this loose cannon in your group? And
1: he's also like sniffing coke. He's a little hopped up already.
0: He's already hopped up. And Mm -hmm. secondly, uh, Chris Tucker's character, Mm -hmm. who is addicted to heroin, like when Lorenzo's character comes home, he walks up to Chris Tucker. And he's talking to him and he's just gone. Dope Fiend lean. That's part two of their crew. Third man in the crew. uh, His mentor who fought in the Korean War.
1: And got a bum leg. He
0: has... No, no, myth. no. No, he, he doesn't have-, have a
1: bum leg. He doesn't have a leg. Yes,
0: he doesn't have a leg. He's got a wooden leg. That's the third member of the crew. And his fourth member is his girlfriend, baby mama's little sister, who is yes. now part of the Black Panther Party.
1: So she's got heart.
0: She's got heart, but that's it.
1: Yeah. Has she ever done anything like this no. before? No. She's got heart and she's got a
0: gun. <laughs> so. This is his crew.
1: Oh, and don't forget, they pulled in Bo Keem,
0: Yeah. Who, oh, yeah. I forgot about him. He
1: has also done his own 180. He is now a preacher.
0: <laughs> right. So the guy who's carrying around <laughs> a man's head in his backpack, he's now back home. He's a preacher. So they bring him in because they need one more person. And yep. like, who's crazy enough to do this? The guy who carries a head in the backpack.
1: Except he's not crazy anymore.
0: That's what you think. You think he's not crazy, but it's still in there a little. Well,
1: bit Well, yeah, but not in the way that they needed him to be right for the heist.
0: So that's the crew that they're going with. And yeah, it just fell apart mm-hmm. from the very beginning. They get everybody in their places, and then this random cop shows up and mm-hmm. they don't know what to do and things and just, he won't go away. Yeah, he won't go away, and mm-hmm. it just falls apart from that moment. They end up in a shootout. Uh the one guy gets smashed by a police car.
1: That's after blowing up the van and burning yeah. up all the money.
0: Yeah, instead of <laughs> getting the two million dollars. This genius puts a bomb on the back of the truck and blows the entire thing up.
1: So the majority of the money ends up getting burned.
0: It gets destroyed.
1: And then half the crew dies.
0: Yeah. So he dies in this incident. The sister dies. The sister dies in the shootout immediately. Uh, If you've ever seen the poster for the movie that's her looking out of the garbage can when she pops up with the two guns uh, so she gets shot. Which popped. is an
1: iconic scene
0: yes she gets shot <laughs> Bo Keen gets away uh, Chris Tucker's character gets away the other four get away but one by one they get caught because they don't know how to lay low with the money
1: <laughs> Yes, like they, the money
0: they did collect they're out buying Cadillacs and giving away turkeys and Christmas presents yeah. out of the back of the car and which is
1: a nice thing to do but that is, is not laying
0: low. It, it is a good <laughs> Thing to do to get spread the wealth, but yep. not when you're wanted by the police, right? Uh, so Bokeem is the first one to get caught, and the dominoes fall from there. Lorenzo's character is the last man standing, he's he goes on trial to however many Mm -hmm. years in prison i think it was life i don't even remember i'm
1: pretty sure it was life because he ends up having an outburst like i fought for this country and this is how you treat me
0: he gave this really poetic speech Mm -hmm. about how veterans are treated when they come back to Mm -hmm. this country and the judge is like man shut up i'm a veteran too (laughs) so get your ass out of here 40 years or whatever. Yeah,
1: it's an interesting point to make to have them both be veterans because you totally understand what Lorenz's character is saying, but that doesn't mean you can, you know, rob banks either. (laughs) But then you understand how people, when they're desperate, end up in very desperate situations. And I think that's what they were trying to portray. Not that it was right, but that- I understand. Yeah, that sometimes it leads people to do desperate things. Right. Sidebar, the soundtrack- Amazing. Is- Uh,
0: amazing. It is. It's probably the best soundtrack for any movie I've ever heard.
1: It's so perfect with the movie. How it became a backdrop to the movie as well.
0: Yeah, so pull up the soundtrack, clean your house on a Sunday. (laughs) Thank me later.
1: So as much as we have talked about, um, like in the Regina King episode, we had mentioned about how we don't want to watch like recreational sadness. Yeah,
0: I think it works in this sense Mm -hmm. because it doesn't feel like someone you know and it's not set in present day
1: it's a very like a dramatic movie like you get these guys coming back from war and then now they're like robbing banks which is not really like a realistic storyline um so i think that gives you a little bit more of entertainment value instead of feeling like oh god like i don't really want to watch yeah this is definitely
0: a popcorn flick it's not a 12 Years a Slave type <laughs> movie
1: um, I enjoyed it second time around
0: yeah second third time I've watched it and it's still good
1: So now we've seen him, so Menace to Society, he plays this sort of like sociopath. Yeah. And then the Inkwell, he's like this cute kid coming of age. And then... This um, one is
0: kind of like a hybrid. It's yeah. Just, you get a little bit of both.
1: You see the the kid growing into a man. Right. And then doing some not so good things. Yes. <laughs> and then we move into Love Jones, which is another complete 180 it is so in love jones he is a writer
0: yes he's a writer slash poet
1: yes uh so this is a romantic drama yeah also another classic film yes i really enjoyed this rewatch and i remember when i watched this movie initially they made spoken word and poetry seem so cool and romantic (laughs) like the poems are actually included well the two main poems are included on the soundtrack as well and i used to listen to the soundtrack all the time so i'm very familiar with his brother to the night (laughs) and uh nia long's character's poem as well so the way that they both read their poetry i wanted to know what they meant (laughs) like at the end of the movie she's Reading a poem, like they have this tumultuous relationship, and yeah. she writes this poem for him and she says, A blue line in a red sky. I am remembering love. I have no idea what that means. at all. But it sounded nice, and I was like, Oh, that's so beautiful. Now looking back, I was like, were those poems good? Like, do I not understand poetry or did they just sell it to me so well?
0: <laughs> I think they sold it to you because yeah. everything yeah. that I've read <laughs> from actual poets. They can't stand this movie.
1: I do not know poetry, so I can't tell if it sounds good or bad. But they sold it to me. Near the beginning of the movie, they meet at the Spoken Word Club. And so they have their little run-in at the bar, and they kind of flirt a little bit. She's playing a little hard to get. So he goes up on stage, and he does a blues
0: for Nina. Yeah, he just found out her name like three minutes before at the bar.
1: And as soon as he gets on the stage... And I doubt that this was written, but you can hear a, a woman in the crowd. She's already <laughs> like, yeah, baby.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Everything he's saying, she's just parroting back yeah. to it.
1: And he's doing this like the smooth smoking word Say,
0: baby, can I be your slave? I've got to admit, girl, you're the shit girl. And I'm digging you like a grave. Now, do they call you daughter to the spinning pulsar? Or maybe queen of ten thousand moons, sister to the distant yet rising star. Is your name Yemaya? Oh hell no! It's got to be Oshun. Ooh, is that? They call
1: me brother to the night, and he's like, "Is that all right?" snapping their fingers. All right. It's all right. I love that scene. Even if the poetry is bad, I think it's nice to see like like a creative community. Now right. we're seeing a, a look into another type of community. We've seen him play, you know, all these other characters that we've already talked about. And now we get to see sort of like a little bit more mature, but still young. Yeah. They are all sort of artists. Like, she's a photographer, he's a writer. It's just kind of this, almost like, you know when you think about, like, the Harlem Renaissance?
0: That's basically what I think they were going for.
1: Oh, Darius. He sure loved a cozy sweater, didn't he? He did. (laughs) Darius slash
0: Lorenzo's character. He, He had his sweaters and his huge leather jacket. Yes.
1: So this was, what, 1997? Yeah. So... That was a very Carl Thomas look as well. It was.
0: <laughs> he was very, I wish I never met her at yeah. all.
1: <laughs> Which yeah, I'm sure he felt at some point Yeah, in the movie. at some
0: point throughout the movie, I'm sure he <laughs> was going along with that. I like, I can't stand her.
1: So there were so many things that I loved about this movie. Three main themes. One... I liked how they portrayed different types of relationships and also different stages of relationships. The main uh, story is, of course, Darius and Nina, Nina. which is Nia Long. And she had just broken up with her fiance. Mm -hmm. So when they meet, you could tell she wants to talk to him, but she's kind of being coy because she just got out of a relationship. Right, I think it
0: was like, two days yeah, or something because yeah. she was talking to her friend about how she's not gonna get into a relationship or anything and then he rolls up
1: doing this a blues for nina yeah, poem for her brother to the night <laughs> yep. trying to become the funk in your right
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh man it's so bad
1: so they bump into each other again at a record store where, yeah, his, where his friend, friend works. works yeah and she pays with a check,
0: yes, because nineteen
1: ninety seven. So he's trying to talk to her again, and she's still, you know, she's trying to blow him off lightly,
0: even though she obviously likes. Yeah, him.
1: she obviously likes him, but she's in her own situation. Right? right, like she, I think she actually said to him, "It's bad timing right yeah. now." Well okay he wasn't lightly stalking her he fully stalked her he, yeah, he was. stole her address from the check his friend was trying to keep it away from him we don't actually see him Yeah we don't it.
0: see it he I think she's fine she finally broke down and gave it to him he that's what I think
1: cuz he asked her for it and she said no
0: <laughs> Just She's like, like I, I don't think do so, that.
1: and then he shows up at her place anyway. Right? So, <laughs> so I, I think she stole broke it, down. or she turned away and he took a quick
0: peek. <laughs> I'm going the opposite. I'm saying that she broke down and gave it to him.
1: Yeah. So this would be creepy in any other context. So please don't do this. No.
0: <laughs> in real life, not at all. It's okay all.
1: in this movie, but do not do this in real yeah, life. It
0: was a different time. <laughs> yeah.
1: The second theme that I really loved was just reminiscent of that time, like all these things that we just don't do anymore, like going to a record store. Like I know they still exist and I know people like to collect records, but I remember just going to like buy CDs and tapes and yeah. just sitting there flipping through that would be an activity that you would do. Like you would go and just kind of look and see what's there. And sometimes they will let you sample. Um, they would have the
0: kiosk with yeah. the new releases. Yes. Yeah, so you can
1: actually just kind of sample and stuff. Yeah. Um, and I just remember loving that, <laughs> that experience, <laughs> right? Like just going and just browsing. And so that experience, just seeing her do that, I was like, Oh, I miss doing that. <laughs> but he shows up to her place With the Icy Brothers CD
0: that she she was was looking looking for. I don't care if you come bearing (laughs) gifts. Don't show up at my doorstep and I didn't give you permission to come over or my address. Nah, man.
1: So he asked her on a date and she finally says yes. And she's like, I'm pretty sure you wrote the phone number down too, right?
0: And he said that he didn't, but then he's like, I did Yeah. (laughs) I got the phone number.
1: So they end up going over to his friend's place, hanging out with his buddies.
0: Friday night, hang out with some friends, have some... Crudite and yep. Heineken's.
1: And laughs. And, yeah,
0: play some silly board games. Right. probably like a little game night they do.
1: Yeah, and so that's the third theme that I, I really like is their portrayal of friendship. Right. And so it just made me very reminiscent of just... You know, a time when you're not too young, but not everybody's married yet or kids like you still hanging out with your friends right. a lot. So that was also kind of a very like nice, nostalgic feeling. Like, I remember hanging out with friends. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Some of the friends that he had, though, I wouldn't hang out with. Most <laughs> oh, of them were cool, but Bill Bellamy's character.
1: The rest were cool, but Bill Bellamy's character is too
0: much. <laughs> he was just an asshole. That's basically yeah. all it boils down to. And I probably would say the majority of them I wouldn't hang with as a group. I would hang out with them individually in other groups. Mm -hmm. But that particular group I didn't like. Hmm. And I don't know why. They just rubbed me the wrong way. I would hang out with, uh, what's his name, Lorenzo's character, Darius and Nina and the girl. But the other three dudes, I don't like them. (laughs) (laughs) Don't know why.
1: I thought um, the married friend of his. I thought that was a good friend for him to have. He
0: was, but when they were one-on-one, when they were in the group, I was like, I don't like this dude. <laughs> and he's played by Isaiah Washington, by the way. Maybe and that's why. No, <laughs> nope. no. Even then, before Isaiah went a little nutso, uh, I didn't like that dynamic with the entire group. But for the most part, it, it was a good dynamic for them. It wouldn't work for me.
1: Out of that crew, I would say I, I liked the girl the best in yeah. terms of people I would hang out with. Yeah. Yeah. Well, obviously Darius being the main kid. Darius and Nina, but... Yeah,
0: those are the three. Something else that has been a part of our lives mm, for as long as we've been together. Uh, I don't know if any of you have seen the movie Juice. If you have, there's a character in that movie who's also in this movie. Uh, he plays Nia Long's ex-boyfriend. Once they're broken up, he asks her to come out to New York, try and work things out, look for a job, whoop whoop. So while they're there, <laughs> she eats up his cereal and didn't replace it.
1: And he's just in a mood.
0: Yeah, he comes home just upset. <laughs> and for whatever reason, he wants some toasted oats. <laughs> and they just have this argument going back and forth. And he looks at her and says, I'm going out to get some motherfucking toasted oats. <laughs> and <laughs> he leaves. And we've been saying that line to each other for a good 10 years now.
1: I'm going to go get some motherfucking toasted <laughs> yeah.
0: oats. If one of us is going to the store, yeah, going to the mail, if we're just leaving, one of us is going upstairs, the other is going downstairs, this is a statement that is said a lot. I'm going to get some motherfucking toasted oats. And in this house, it just means I'm leaving yeah. and I'm leaving this room going to another one.
1: The situation is ending. Yeah. <laughs> The relationship just wasn't working out. They were just picking at each other. It wasn't a fight about anything in particular. It was a
0: fight about cereal.
1: Yeah. (laughs) And he was just tired of it. And so he was like, I'm tired of talking about
0: this. I'm (laughs) going
1: to go get some motherfucking Toasted Oats.
0: And he just left it at that and (laughs) left.
1: We say this so much so that that's how you see him.
0: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Because when he originally showed up like two scenes before, I was like, Hey, it's the Toasted Oats nigga. (laughs) (laughs) Look who it
1: is. (laughs) Not any of the characters we've seen him play in other movies. He's the Toasted Oats guy. (laughs) Yeah. Like,
0: I don't remember his name at all, but he's the Toasted Oats dude to me (laughs) and will forever be the Toasted Oats guy.
1: (laughs) Even though... They had their ups and downs in their relationship. I think it was also a good portrayal of, like, you know, new love. Like, right. when you first start dating, you first meet somebody. There was a lot of, um, like, really beautifully shot scenes and stuff of them. Like, when they went to the stepping club. Yeah. And then they were walking home and they stopped in front of the fountain. So, there's a lot of very, like, aesthetically pleasing scenes right. as well.
0: Uh, something that I didn't think was quite realistic, and mm-hmm. I mentioned it when we were watching it, is when he was trying to catch her at the train station and he's just (laughs) running through the train station trying to chase down a train that she's already on. That wouldn't have happened. (laughs) Like, there's no (laughs) way that would have happened.
1: Well, that I'll let slide because it's still
0: a movie. It is. So (laughs) that's where you bring in the rom-com conflict type things. Like, oh, is he going to get to the station before she gets on the train and leaves? Because at
1: this point they had broken up, got back together, broken up. Yeah.
0: Here's a question I have. Mm What's up with all the train trips? <laughs> Why was nobody flying? I
1: don't know. They, That's they a two-day trip.
0: <laughs> she had enough money to pay. For, actually, he paid for her ticket to go to New York. The ex-boyfriend? The Toasted Oats dude. <laughs> he paid oh, yeah, for her yeah, ticket. he got her ticket. Yeah, so he couldn't spring for a flight for her to come? That's messed up.
1: Okay. That I just understand her
0: me. not having any money because she was a homosexual.
1: <laughs> yeah, I was just about to say on is this she, fo- this last watch, I realized she she's, was a, a homosexual. she's a hobosexual. She's a hobosexual, and for those of you who do not know what a hobosexual is, it's a person who gets into relationships just to live somewhere. <laughs> yeah,
0: because she's house sitting, but we <laughs> don't know who she's house sitting for.
1: I don't think intentionally though, and the reason why we say that is, yep. we start with her house sitting. We don't know whose house that is. Nope. And then her and Darius are dating while she's house sitting, and then when her ex shows up she goes to live with him in New York right oh wait wait no she was living with was she living with Darius yet yes because at some I can't remember if it was before or after the ex she was also living with Darius yeah and then when her and Darius broke up she went back to the house sitting place right
0: <laughs> so So, yeah she
1: does not have a home she doesn't
0: (laughs) she's a photographer who's homeless and she's just trying to get her life together man
1: and find somewhere to live
0: find somewhere to live have a couple dinners because at the same time she went out with bill bellamy a couple times she's homosexual she (laughs) She wasn't
1: living with him she wasn't
0: living with him but she wanted a couple free dinners (laughs) so so what we got next
1: Actually, before we move on to the next movie, okay, I saw in an interview that he said he ended up turning down Brown Sugar and the best man because he thought it would be too similar to his role
0: as Darius. Well, it depends on who he was playing in those movies.
1: He was supposed to play the, the lead character. So oh, okay. Actually, they were both played by um oh, uh, Taye Dix. Tay he said that, you know, Tay ended up doing a good job, but I think he seemed to show a little bit of regret for not yeah. doing those movies, but at the time he said he turned it down because he just didn't want to do the same thing again. The next movie after that was The Postman, which I did not watch, and you I told me it. it was not good.
0: It wasn't. I watched it when it first came out, and I don't remember anything about it other than the fact that his name was Ford Lincoln Mercury. <laughs> and I don't remember why he was named after cars, but <laughs> that was his name. Okay. I watched it the one time. It's like eight hours long. So I <laughs> not, was,
1: how long is it actually
0: it's well over two hours okay. probably close to three and i wasn't about to commit three hours of kevin costner
1: i did not even know he was in this movie i just vaguely remember just hearing the name and that kevin costner was in it i yeah. didn't even know he was in it
0: there will not be a review of that no. movie so as we as
1: skipped five. the postman and yeah. went straight to another great movie why you fools fall in love yeah Where he played um, Frankie Lyman. Frankie Lyman. The interesting thing about doing a biopic is you now have someone that you have to try to be. Yeah. (laughs) Even though through all the other movies we just talked about where we could see him morphing himself into his characters. He's always Lorenz Tate. You you see Lorenz Tate. A version of Lorenz Tate there. But now he has to actually be someone else. And I actually didn't know who Frankie Lyman was before I saw this movie. Right. And I remember looking up some videos and stuff and I was like, oh, he's a little dude just like Lorenz Tate.
0: Hold on. Uh, If you go to Wikipedia, they claim that Lorenz Tate is five foot nine. There's no way in hell he's five (laughs) foot nine because we looked up the heights of the three actresses in this movie. And he's shorter than all of them. And none of them are five foot nine.
1: <laughs> he's a short king. There's yeah. nothing wrong with that. I There's don't know why people are lying about it. There's though.
0: nothing wrong with I it. I can't but... see him
1: being more than I will give him five, six at the most.
0: Somewhere in there. <laughs> all right. Enough of that. <laughs> Let's get back to it.
1: So when I first looked up Frankie Lyman, I see that he's like a small guy and he's got this like high singing voice. I'm like, oh, right. he's a small dude. Just like Lorenz. Come to find out, he's not a small dude. He was like. 13
0: <laughs> he was a child
1: yeah he was literally a child but i guess it made it easier for them to just cast someone like lorenz to right. just play the character throughout the years instead of getting a an actual teenager and then an adult version Yeah,
0: because he did top out at like five foot six himself so he wasn't very tall literally a teenager yeah
1: and lorenz has a baby face anyway so yeah
0: uh as far as this movie goes i don't really think that he was the star of the movie because it was mostly about his three quote unquote wives So he's a character who pushes the story along right playing Frankie Lyman, but the story itself was about his three quote, unquote wives. And I say that because they were arguing over <laughs> who was his actual wife and who would control his estate after he passed away. But it was really good to see him playing this type of character mm-hmm. because it was different than everything else we had seen him in at mm-hmm. that point. And like you said, channeling Frankie Lyman. I wasn't really familiar with Frankie Lyman's music either. I, I knew him by name. But he was out in the 50s. Of course, we're not going to know who he was.
1: (laughs) Like, we listen to older music, but
0: we don't go that far back.
1: Uh, 70s is about as far as I'll go.
0: (laughs) And the the songs that he sang, though, are things that you would hear in movies and TV shows. So I was familiar with that, but I didn't know anything about Frankie Lyman. And just to see him kind of take on that role Mm -hmm. was really entertaining for me.
1: And all that fancy footwork he had to learn. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: A lot of fancy footwork. <laughs> it
0: was a lot of shuffling and jumping around and, and splits. in
1: hard bottoms, yeah. of course, because <laughs> it was the 50s.
0: Yes, <laughs> with a conk.
1: Yep, hair combed <laughs> to the back. <laughs> so
0: so that was good to see. But like I said, it, it really wasn't about him, even though it was a movie about Frankie Lyman.
1: I would definitely recommend watching this one as well. I found it entertaining.
0: If, if you like singing and dancing. Yeah this is the movie for you and And little Little Richard (laughs) makes a a few uh, appearances in this movie and they're all funny. The real little Richard Mm -hmm. and Miguel Nunez playing the younger version of little Uh Richard. All of them are funny.
1: It definitely had a lot of funny moments. You have a little story about little Richard.
0: I do. So I was maybe 12, 13, Mm -hmm. 14 years old, somewhere in that age range. And we were going to a basketball tournament and (laughs) My coach had a a truck, a Toyota pickup truck, and the four of us, me, Eugene, I forget who else, Tyrone and somebody else were riding in the back of the pickup truck. Highly illegal in 2021, (laughs) but back in 1989, you could ride in the back of a truck with- You could
1: do a lot in the 80s.
0: Yeah, without seat belts or whatever. So we stop at a red light and a limousine pulls up. Window comes down and all I hear is, hey babies! (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what did you win
1: <laughs> what,
0: what do y'all play for and it was little richard i love the hey babies <laughs> the first words he was hey babies and he we sitting at the red light he's just talking back and forth with i'm gonna come see y'all play and blah 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 and then he pulls off the limo goes one way we go the other and Tyrone is like, was that Michael Jackson? And the rest of us was like, dude, you know what Michael Jackson looked like. And that didn't look anything like Michael Jackson. It's a little rich or stupid.
1: So he really is like that. Oh,
0: yeah. What you see on TV is what I saw right there in person. That personality. Because it's not like we knew who was in the limo. Windows were tinted and they were up. He rolled the window down to talk to us.
1: Hey, babies. Oh,
0: the 80s. Yeah. Riding in the back of a Toyota truck. It was some good times, though. All right, so what we got next?
1: Well, this is where things kind of fall off for me. Okay. He pretty much has something every year.
0: Yeah, he's consistently working. Yeah,
1: but no reason in particular. There's just a lot of the stuff that came after that that I just didn't watch. Okay. Like Biker Boys.
0: I've seen it. It's basically Fast and Furious, Uh but on motorcycles and with black people. There's your summary, people. (laughs) Right.
1: (laughs) And then there was Love Come Down. Would you hate it?
0: Oh my god! Which we
1: watched recently. We did with Deborah Cox. I was like, Hey, Toronto girl.
0: (laughs) That movie is so bad.
1: It's so low budget. And the storyline was just
0: weird. It was all over the place.
1: The only thing I enjoyed was it was filmed in Toronto. And so I always like looking for Toronto landmarks.
0: (laughs) That's all. That's the only redeeming quality. Like
1: a fun game for me to play when I watch (laughs) something filmed here.
0: But it's so bad. I don't know if you guys remember, if you were listening and have been listening, I mentioned probably in our first or second podcast Mm -hmm. that we watched a movie with an actor that we love, but it was probably the worst movie that we've ever seen. that's the movie we were talking about. But it's no longer the worst movie I've ever seen.
1: Before you say what it is. I
0: wasn't going to say it. We're going to talk about it later. Okay. I'm just going to say that it has moved down to number three (laughs) on the worst movies of all time.
1: I didn't think it was... Bad enough to be on like top five worst movies. It oh, wasn't. It was not an enjoyable movie because the plot line was just so weird. They it tried. They tried the to place. do too much. Yeah, they're just trying to do too much. There
0: was poetry. There was raving. Yeah, there was boxing. There was and then the Debbie random. Dads. The
1: random and. So his, you got
0: a little dose of racism in there, too. This movie was oh, all casting. over the place. and bad casting. Yes, horrible casting.
1: So on top of just this plot line with so many holes in it, just the bad casting threw me off, too. And the bad accent.
0: This movie is so bad that I encourage people to go watch it. That's my thing. Whenever I find a bad movie, I want other people to watch it so they can see how bad this is.
1: But at the same time, on Rotten Tomatoes, there's a lot of positive user reviews.
0: There sure were, but it's just all over the place.
1: Yeah, the the plot holes are just too strange. There's like
0: 17 different storylines and none of them connect.
1: While I thought it was a terrible story... I can see why there are people who like it though.
0: Oh, I definitely see yeah. why people would think it's a great movie. Yeah. It's because of the Deborah Cox storyline, but even that had no place in this movie at all. She's got dudes standing in alleys holding ice cream sundaes <laughs> waiting for her. She's got a, a racist dad who turns out not to be her dad. Mm-hmm.
1: And now we know why he's so mean to her, but he that hates her
0: and she's living out in this rundown pool house
1: (laughs) that he never finished because he's mad at her (laughs)
0: yeah she's got a bed and a bathtub and a big room
1: and that club that they love to go to is this warehouse
0: yeah they're doing spoken word and then five minutes later it's a rave
1: and then she's singing her r&b stuff then
0: she's singing r&b and then 20 minutes after that they're playing like thrash metal like what the hell was this place
1: yeah I mean watch it if you must oh (laughs)
0: you must love come down it's available on Amazon and IMDB or you could probably find it on youtube well, watch this movie it depends
1: on which country you live in
0: make the effort to find this movie so, so and it, then come back and talk to me about
1: it it may or may not be available wherever you
0: are <laughs> yes but make the effort to find it and while i'm on the subject okay the other worst movie that i've ever seen fat beach it's probably <laughs>
1: i've never seen
0: the fat beach. worst movie of all time Look it up. Watch it. Get back to it. I've heard of it, but I've never watched it. Terrible. Coolio's in it.
1: Okay. <laughs> is this post-Gangster's Paradise Coolio?
0: Yes. Okay. Which is why they threw him in this movie mm. just randomly because he was big at the time. And he's only in it for like two minutes. Terrible movie. Okay. <laughs> it's so bad, it's good.
1: We will quickly touch on the next most terrible movie because Lorenz does have a role in this one. And that yeah. is Crash.
0: Academy Award winning Crash.
1: This movie made me so mad that when I was watching, so I was watching it by myself, but I was upstairs yep. and Miguel could hear me going oh, and groaning yes. and stuff downstairs because there's a few scenes where I just... It just made me upset. I literally wrote in my notes, get the fuck out of here <laughs> at one of the scenes. And then another scene I literally wrote in my notes ah, on top yeah. of actually saying
0: it. I-, I remember when I first saw it mm-hmm. and thinking how bad it was mm-hmm. and completely blocked it out until we watched it again yesterday. Mm-hmm. And it all came flooding back to me, making me realize how much I despise this movie.
1: Yeah, I I remember not liking it when I first watched it, but I don't remember hating it. But I do remember that I could understand why there were people who didn't like it. But on this second watch, it is the
0: worst. Yeah, it's terrible.
1: Because it's a movie that thinks it understands race and thinks it's starting a dialogue, but it gets it all
0: wrong. Yeah, this movie is terrible. And it was a waste of a Lorenz Tate performance. If you haven't seen it, he plays a car thief uh, in the movie who just happens to be the brother of LAPD officer Don Cheadle. He basically ties all of the stories together, which really doesn't make any sense because there's no way that all of these people Mm -hmm. would intersect with each other over and over again Mm -hmm. in a 48-hour period. It just makes no sense. And basically the movie ends with Lorenz Tate being killed by this cop who was supposed to be one of the good white yes, people
1: because he helped Terrence Howard, Howard earlier, but he ends earlier. up
0: killing Lorenz Tate at the end of the movie, showing his quote unquote biases, his mm-hmm. unconscious bias. And it was basically a waste of two hours yeah. of my life that I will not get back.
1: It was extremely heavy handed yeah. and misguided.
0: Yes. Very misguided. For example, He's playing a character that lives in L.A. He gets separated from Ludacris and he's hitchhiking. Who hitchhikes in L.A. in 2005? People stopped hitchhiking in the 70s and 80s. And when you did it, it was like out on the highway. Like I'm trying to get from L.A. <laughs> to Vegas. He's in
1: city. He's
0: in L.A. Yeah. Who the hell is going to be hitchhiking in L.A.?
1: Yeah. He could jump on the bus, which is what he was trying to do earlier. He
0: tried to get on a bus two hours before yeah. this. He could get on a phone and call somebody. Hey, come pick me up. Not hitchhiking from the valley to yeah. the other side of the hill, as he said. Nobody's going to do that. And what are the chances of him getting picked up by an off-duty cop? Mm. First of all, who's hitchhiking? Secondly, who's picking up hitchhikers? <laughs> None of this makes any sense.
1: When it comes to movies, I don't necessarily expect everything to be realistic. right? Because it's a movie. Like I was saying with Dead Presidents, you know, you go from like this one story to a bank heist. That's fine. It's a movie. But when you make a movie like this... There are things that need to feel realistic. Yeah. Because they're trying to make a commentary on race and life in general. And so it has to be believable.
0: I'm surprised the tagline for this movie isn't shit's getting real. (laughs) All I have to say is fuck that movie. (laughs) That's all.
1: So there are a bunch of other movies Stuff we didn't maybe like as much or he had smaller roles in. There's definitely a lot more Yeah, you could check out, but we're not going to spend too much time on it because we've covered our faves. Yeah. But I do want to mention one more thing. There was a TV show that came out after Menace to Society called South Central. Yep. It just had 10 episodes and it was like a typical family sitcom. But what made it different is it was set in South South Central. And so then, of course, the family conflicts and the stories and stuff are a little bit different than what you would see on like the Cosby show, for example, or Roseanne or something like that. It was canceled after 10 episodes. According to an article I was reading, Fox claims that there was just low ratings overall. So they canceled all the shows that were on that night, which was Rock, The Sinbad Show and In Living Color. Jesse Jackson called for a boycott because they canceled <laughs> all the shows with majority black right. actors. Fortunately, there are eight of the 10 episodes on YouTube. I don't know what happens to the other two. And I think the TV1 station in uh, the US plays it as well. Okay. I thought it was a pretty good show, and that was the first time I saw Jennifer Lopez transform from being Fly Girl to actor. <laughs> she had a small role. She played Cashier, and also the rare few times where Clifton Powell is not playing some kind of a sleaze.
0: Oh, yeah. He he was also in uh, Why Do Fools Fall in Love? He was playing the lawyer yes. for One of the Wives. I forgot to mention that.
1: Yeah, so there's a lot of Clifton Powell we accidentally yeah, we stumbled uh, revisited on.
0: Clifton Powell, but yeah, I yeah. say his best role is in... Was it next Friday or Friday after next? One of the Friday movies Mm -hmm. where he plays (laughs) Pinky. Best role ever. He has a small role. Actually, he's in next Friday and Friday after next. He makes an appearance in both of them. He comes in 30 seconds and it's golden.
1: (laughs) All right. So out of the ones that we discussed and our favorite performances of his, which one would you say is your
0: favorite? It's not even a question. Dead Presidents.
1: I put that down in my notes too.
0: (laughs) It's By far my favorite Lorenz Tate movie.
1: It's not my favorite movie of his, but I would say it's my favorite performance of his because everything we've been saying about him in terms of him being able to play so many different types of characters, we see it it. all in one. Yeah. And it's convincing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's hands down my favorite movie of his. And like you said, everything that he does and does well is in this movie. He plays the shy teenager Mm -hmm. who grows up into this um, military man Mm -hmm. who comes back trying to support his family and be a family man. And Mm -hmm. now he's in this misguided heist. (laughs) So we get to see that entire transformation throughout the film. And it's, like I said, hands down my favorite piece yeah. of work that he's done and then there's a
1: good soundtrack to go with it yeah that's a nice little bonus
0: <laughs> you can't beat the soundtrack at <laughs> all
1: all right so he's booked and busy yes he has something out all the time i think his most current stuff he's got a couple movies he's on power yeah he's playing
0: um, a councilman yeah. on power
1: councilman tate he councilman to tate ha- keep his own last <laughs> name uh, i never got into power we have to pay extra for that channel so
0: yeah we don't watch stars so
1: (laughs) except when p valley comes back then we gonna get Stars.
0: we we had stars (laughs) only to watch p valley and then when p valley ended we canceled it and then when the next season starts we're gonna get stars again
1: we'll have to talk about p valley another time
0: p valley is amazing amazing. if you haven't watched it that's a a recommendation you can bank on we
1: that's a good one it's great even just to see the girls dancing it's amazing that is athletic ability.
0: Yes, yeah, stripping is a sport. <laughs> it should be an Olympic sport.
1: <laughs> All right, so aside from dead presidents, what would you say is your recommendation then for people who are unfamiliar?
0: Other than Dead Presidents, it mm-hmm. would have to be Minister to Society. That's what he's best known for. Right. Probably his best performance yeah. outside of Dead Presidents, mm-hmm. in my opinion. So yeah. I would go with that one.
1: I would say either Minister to Society or Love Jones, depending on what kind of movies you like. Right. So if you're not really into those kinds of movies, you don't want to see people getting shot and stuff, then watch Love Jones. Yeah. And if you don't really like those kind of movies, then watch <laughs> Menace to Society. If you don't want to
0: <laughs> or, see some poetry yeah. and photography, go watch some gangbanging.
1: Yeah. So whichever one you prefer, yeah. or maybe you like them both like we do.
0: Hey, you can watch them both. <laughs> I'm not opposed to having people watch both.
1: Yeah. So I think this is a good time to wrap up. I will say that while not everything has been a hit for me, I will always continue to support him because he is definitely one of my favorite actors. And even though he stays busy, I still feel like he's very underrated and I think that he should get more flowers.
0: I think so. And that's why we're talking about them here. Yeah. Alright, so that wraps up this episode of They Reminisce Over You. I'm Miguel. And
1: I'm Christina.
0: Uh, thank you for coming back again. Make sure to rate and subscribe on your podcast service of choice. Follow us on all the socials at Troy Podcast. Uh, you can check us out at TroyPodcast.com as well. Uh, we're very social, so come be social with us. <laughs> we also put together playlists of all of the episodes that we do. Uh, you can just go to Spotify and search the title of this particular episode or you can just search Troy Podcast to listen to them all. Uh, you can check us out on YouTube if that's up your alley and that's pretty much it. You got anything else you want to say?
1: Um, shall we promo the next episode? Give a little sneak peek? Mm,
0: nah. Not this time?
1: Nah, not all this right. time. Alright, so you'll just have to come back in two weeks to yeah, see come, who we gonna talk about next. who we're
0: talking about. And it's not going to be Michael Jackson.
1: Okay. Was that an option?
0: (laughs) No, I was just trying to throw him off the set. Okay. All right. (laughs) That's all. Bye. Bye.